Today's podcast is all about inspiration. Inspiration out the wazoo. <laughs> That's the official title. I want to start by saying thank you. Thanks to every person who wrote to me, who called me, who sent me beautiful messages of support and love and everything wonderful after my last newsletter. So thank you to everyone because I feel the support and I'm so excited by it. It's truly beautiful. I was also so thankful that more and more people are sharing their stories. So many people have autoimmune diseases right now or are being diagnosed or the doctors don't quite know or quite understand. And so I thank everyone who is sharing their stories with me, if it's MS or something else, be it bipolar, depression, stress and anxiety, those are prevalent in our daily lives for some of us. And, and it's a lot. Daily life in this world is a lot. <laughs> Don't kid yourself and think that it's not. Because then you stop honoring yourself, thinking that the quality of your life doesn't quite matter because, well, everything is just so busy and everything is very demanding and we just shouldn't be honoring our body or our soul or our mind. Well, that's the fallacy of modern day. I want to specifically mention a couple of really inspirational resources that have helped me along the way and continue to. <laughs> One is a podcast and in it, the discussion is with Stephen Coulter, the author of The Rise of Superman and The Flow Genome Project. And the two men on the podcast are discussing Lyme's disease, which from everything that I've read is so funky or closely related also to MS, which some other medical professionals have pointed out to me, that it's scary, it's crazy, it's, you know, a really a huge host of... Um, of some pretty gnarly things. And in it, though, in this podcast, they're discussing at one point feeling horrible and not being able to move. And then from there, getting up and going surfing. Stephen was unable to move and then his friends took him out surfing, which seems pretty magical. And it's true, the body has amazing muscle memory that really kicks in when you need it. And it was an experience very similar to the physical therapy that I was receiving when I couldn't walk after I got out of the hospital or couldn't walk properly, I'll say, or without a walker. Um, and while they were teaching me how to walk again, they then gave me a soccer ball and all of a sudden my legs knew what to do. They were there, they were kicking the soccer ball and there was no problem. Um, so when the brain is trying to focus on, well, how do I teach myself how to walk again? This is weird. 
there's so much emphasis and analysis on this minutia that we don't usually have to think about. But then muscle memory kicks in with an activity and takes over and supports us. And um, it was truly amazing. And so I really enjoyed watching the podcast and to see that it's happening for other people and that it is there. And so I encourage anyone with MS, if they're having physical issues still to explore physical therapy and also explore things that the body used to know. Uh, my doctors were really in encouraging for me to be doing, to keep doing yoga, no matter how advanced it was, yoga handstands and, and some more ornate balancing poses, even though, again, I couldn't walk or still see correctly. And so some would fear a, a balance issue there. <laughs> but doing what my body knew to do and was doing so recently, it knew how to take over and, and keep going. So I think that's an important lesson um, to keep going and, and to know that our body can step in and help us. Another really great story. I love this. Now all my friends come to me when they see something truly amazing, especially with someone with MS, and, and share it with me. Another great story was a friend went hiking with her boyfriend, saw a young woman wearing this really big, thick vest, and they went to ask why she was wearing this big, thick vest while she was hiking. And she said that it was a cooling vest because she had MS and heat and stress are two factors that are very common in relapses or flare-ups. So, you know, there's a lot of warnings not to um, be in hot, stressful situations. So she wore a cooling vest so she could still go hiking. And I just thought that was awesome because I love hiking. Um, and to know that there's not a whole lot that we can't do. It's just looking for how we can do it. Uh, also, really, really exciting for me was I went on a six-week elimination diet, which seems to be not the most fun thing in the world to do. I essentially cut out pretty much everything, um, namely gluten, dairy, legumes, all grains, actually. Um, pretty much most sugars and, of course, processed foods, which is the paleo diet. So I read a couple books and just decided to, to do that for myself, knowing that gluten and dairy and some other things were highly inflammatory, though I didn't really realize how much so until I started doing this. So after six weeks, you know, I'm introducing new foods back in and seeing what they do to my body. And for me, my stomach, my body had never had a problem with gluten, I didn't think, <laughs> until I had stopped eating it for six days, just six days. And then one day decided to have a burger and, with the bun. And um, when I did, the hypersensitivity on my right side, which I still have, it was almost gone, but then it just flared up. My nerves on the right side of my body got really sensitive again. And I thought, oh, 
It's not my stomach. It's not stomach issues I'm looking for. Mine are in the brain and with the nerves. So um, that really inspired me, though, because before I thought, well, I don't get an upset stomach from most things. But once you know what you're looking for or can see a more pronounced reaction, it becomes a lot easier to clear out a bunch of foods from your diet because it's not that I'm restricting myself from anything. It's that I'm using myself in an experiment. And we all have that ability um, to, to start to listen to our bodies a little bit more and know what's going on and know how to really feed them and really care for them and to know that we are worth it. We are worth that quality feeding, that quality care. Because if our bodies can't function properly, we're not going to be happy. And what is this life if we're not happy? If we're not experiencing some joy? If we're not taking care of ourselves? Because if we're not taking care of ourselves, we are telling ourselves a story that someone else is more important. Something else is more important. And on any given day, that could feel like kids, a husband, a loved one who is sick and infirmed. Maybe those things feel like they're more important. Or some days the job may feel like it takes precedence over our own health. Rationally, we know it shouldn't, but when we sit at a desk and don't stop to eat and don't stop to move our body, we are saying that this job is more important than our bodies. I can tell you right now, when the body goes, you can't get a lot of work done. So <laughs> maintenance in the form of taking care of ourselves on a daily basis and just making sure we eat quality food is pretty darn important. And yes, if you have children, yes, they are extremely important. They may be the top priorities in your life, but they need you and they need you to be healthy and they need you to be a loving example of how to Respect your body, honor your body, feed your body, and keep it going so that you can keep going and caring for others. It's this wonderful gift that we give, the ability to care for others, but not at the expense of our own health. That takes it to a place that's not positive for anyone involved. You can care for so many more people when you have energy and love for yourself. And it's hard. I've been there <laughs> many times. This other extremely inspirational moment came when a friend of mine, for 13 years, he has had MS, and I didn't know. We've worked alongside of each other. We've socialized together. Never 
would I have known, suspected? Like, there is, you know, nothing that that I noticed or that I knew about. And we talked about physical activity. He and his wife were training for certain types of running techniques or bike rides, anything physically active. He was on and he was doing and excited about it. And that's where we shared a lot of similarities. And so just in the past week, he reached out and I mentioned that I had been sick. And when I told him about my diagnosis and, you know, I'm doing fine, don't worry. And he's like, oh, yeah, so I've had this for 13 years. (laughs) It was so absolutely inspiring because it further shifted my perception. What I mentioned in my podcast last time, the miracle is the shift in perception. Anything can happen to you in your world. It's how you see it. It's how you live that experience that makes it truly transformative. And it is not being an optimist and just seeing the good side of a bad situation because then you've still told yourself it's a bad situation. If you are living in a joyous, positive experience, no matter what is happening around you, you are truly transported into something new and different. And that's what I described a bit of in my last podcast. But this took it even further for me. This took it not just me being diagnosed with something scary, but me not finding it scary and me understanding, okay, well... I'm supposed to have this come to me and to use it to its best ability. Well, that's great. Wow. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) But then to have this friend who I knew tell me he was diagnosed when he was 21 and hasn't had a relapse since in 13 years. I was like, oh, no big deal then, right? (laughs) What am I talking about? (laughs) But we had this really wonderful conversation. And I think it's something so interesting for people who have been diagnosed with it and have an awareness about what is going on in their body. Because MS is so specific to each person, many people that I've talked to refer to it as, oh, his type of MS made him act like this or react to this or my type of MS, I experience X, Y, and Z. And there's such acknowledgement about how individual this experience is. One thing that works for someone may not work for another. So everyone from published authors to friends and associates are very aware that who knows? Who knows if what works for me will work for you? But everyone seems really excited to share the good stuff and say, well, this is what worked for me, so maybe it'll work for you. And for those of you who don't understand why MS may be so individual-centric, it's because what MS is, what sort of tips everyone off, are lesions on the brain. And so why one's vision or balance or walking or sensations would be affected are because lesions are in those areas of the brain. And they look at MRIs and figure that out. 
And so we as humans become very aware of what's happening inside of us and how our nerve function changes and what we can do to repair the nerve function and promote healthy immune response because we want to keep the environment as healthy as possible for for health and healing. So everyone talking about themselves is basically what it is, but I don't think it's that far from any disease, from any issue, from a cancer, an anxiety disorder, a um I actually have heard this in in bipolar people discussing their types of bipolar because there's a spectrum. There could be more manic or more depressive. And what I do see, I mean, let's talk right now about bipolar and MS. Those are two pretty heavy diagnoses. Those are things that people often feel uncomfortable discussing and and don't have a firm understanding of, but they are so specific to individuals. And the individuals who I know who have these diagnoses have learned more about themselves through it. They have delved into, okay, what does this mean for me? And what is happening to me? And how do I react? Okay. And here's someone else with my diagnosis does not mean we are going to have the same actions and reactions. That's all going to be different and defined by this individual who's actually experiencing it. We're not just lumped in to something else. So this is really a call as I see it. This being a diagnosis, this being a dis-ease within ourselves. This is a call for us to know ourselves better and to love ourselves more. To give ourselves our bodies, our souls, and our minds much more attention. I can only use myself as the prime example, but I didn't always stop to give myself enough attention and care and love. And not to say, oh, well, then you end up with MS, but I would say you end up with something. So awareness is key. Love and care for your body is imperative. And one last thought that I have, I think one thing that I guess shocks people, myself included, when we meet someone who has been diagnosed with MS and we see that they're active and healthy and functioning and great. It's because perhaps when we're healthy, we don't talk about that a whole lot. We want to be like everyone else. We want to be really healthy and not necessarily make a big deal about it. But what if we did? What if everyone who has been diagnosed with MS showed the world that and said, yeah, look, I feel good. And maybe not every day, but, but maybe yes, every day I am active. I am participating in life. And what if we just switched 
the perspective that people have about people with MS because the examples of people who are living happy and healthy with it are there, but they may not be obvious. The obvious examples may be those who have gone before us with this diagnosis and were not granted the same grace of early detection, of knowing how functional medicine works and the body's ability to heal itself. That is hard, and that's what makes this disease, I believe, hard for people to talk about, understand, want to know more about, because it just seems inherently depressing. But I think the opposite of depressing is inspiration. Inspiration, as we started this <laughs> podcast, out the wazoo. <laughs> And that is what I feel inspired by. I am inspired by everyone who has shared their story with me and has learned more about their body and is thriving with MS. Thank you for sharing your stories with me.